Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the range, everybody. My name is Ricky Brulee, and I am here in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness Studio. Put this together, really not as a studio, but uh, my intention was to keep things dry as a major storm was coming through. And so I put together this shovel point shelter with a tarp that I had. And man, I'm in here, I'm cozy, I'm dry. I got everything I need right here. Uh, the only problem is, is I am stuck in here probably for the next two days. Welcome to the Range Podcast. I'm Ricky Bruley and with me is Jake Hollywood Iverson. Join us at the Archery Range where we'll tell stories from the hunt, discuss technical bow shooting tactics and gear, and pick the brains of some of the most successful people to ever shoot a bow. Whether you're about to shoot that X for the win or send an arrow at a trophy buck, this podcast is for you. The Range Podcast is brought to you by Vapor Trail Archery, makers of the best bowstrings money can buy, originators of limb-driven arrow rest technology, and innovators of stokerized stabilizer systems. It looks like it's supposed to rain nonstop for the next uh, couple days. And so I also needed to have an open air space to congregate in because I will go stir crazy in that tiny little tent that I have. So anyways, thank you all for joining me for this special episode of the Range Podcast. I apologize for the rain, but such as life, it is raining. And so I'm going to have to deal with it. Make sure that you head on over to our Vapor Trail YouTube channel, hit subscribe, give it a like, and also hit the bell so that you can get notified on anything archery-related or, I guess, backcountry-related. So, yeah, since I'm out here, I won't be able to record an episode with Hollywood, so I figured I would just do my best to do it remotely. And so here we are. We're just going to have a little story time and... Um, going to kind of take it from there so this whole trip I, I absolutely love it up here it's the closest thing that you can get to being out west in the mountains right here in Minnesota and I usually try to get out here for like a week at least once a year it's just amazingly beautiful out here it, even these rainstorms you know just get me kind of excited too and then fishing Fishing is world class. There's not a lot of people up here, and uh, you know, so you, you just you really can't go wrong. So I started planning this trip last uh, winter, and my original plan was to bear hunt out here again, uh, in the hopes that I would draw a bear tag. Which I did not. The access permit. There's some thunder. The access permit that you have to apply for, you got to get it in January. They go fast uh, for you know the really solid dates. So I applied for the beginning of September in hopes that I would draw a bear tag. 
and not thinking about the fact that if I didn't draw, you know, there's nothing I can hunt. Nothing else opens up. Grouse doesn't open up till the 16th. Deer doesn't open up till the 16th. So I'm really just up here, just having a blast, filming stuff, and uh, just up here solo, just getting a break and just thinking a lot and doing all that kind of stuff. I uh, started my trip out pretty rocky. My truck isn't in the greatest shape. I just put a bunch of money into it to get the brakes fixed and everything. And then on my way up, I wanted to stop at my buddy's place, uh, Cody Myers of uh, Wolfheart Ironworks. And he had crafted a very beautiful knife for me, which of the 10 of you that follow me have probably seen my post of this blade. But this is, I, I just can't even, I just look at it. I just stare at it. And I don't even dare use it. Um, but this has a very special meaning to me, this blade. And I do intend on having him on the podcast at some point so that we can talk about it. And just real quick, I'm going to take a quick break because I want to make sure that I'm not just talking to a electronic device that isn't doing anything. So one second. Coming this Friday, June 30th, is our brand new online arrow customizer. Build your victory or eastern arrows with multiple vein options, configurations, and custom arrow wraps in a large array of designs and colors. Spine indexing and expedited build options are also available so you can get back out in the field and flinging in style. Check out the Vapor Trail Arrow Customizer at www.vaportrailarchery.com forward slash arrow customizer. We're good. So we're like five minutes in. I feel like I've been talking for a half hour. So where were we? Oh yeah. So stopped off at uh, Wolfhart Ironworks. I was, I don't know, 15 minutes from there and I started hearing a really nasty grind coming from my driver's side front wheel. And I had a pretty good idea of what it was, but I limped my way to Cody's and uh, once I got there kind of just assessed everything and nothing seemed too crazy out of place so I'm like all right well I can limp it up to Duluth and then try to figure it out and as I got up to Duluth it got uh, incrementally worse and so I pulled off at a auto parts store in Duluth and I went in and asked if asked them permission to take my wheel off and they said it was okay I pulled my wheel off and as I was doing it I could just tell right away it was wobbling back and forth pretty bad I just knew that it was the wheel hub immediately and uh, these these O3 Chevys or the Chevys within that year um, gap there are notorious for having that issue and I've already replaced one on the other side so um, not an easy thing to do in a parking lot of an auto parts store. And I have, like I said, I've done it before, but it's just, I had the tools that I needed at home and I did bring some tools with me in preparation, but, uh, the guys there were gracious enough to let me borrow a puller. I had everything else I needed, except I needed to get the socket for the hub bolt. 
like a 36 millimeter uh, socket that I didn't have with me. And it, it went surprisingly well. There were some moments where I was a little frustrated. Uh, prior to even starting that, I was, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, there is no way I'm gonna replace this hub here in this parking lot. It's not gonna happen. Looking for a rental car, good luck, it's Labor Day weekend. Looking for a mechanic, good luck, it's Labor Day weekend. Not happening, I had no choice. So it was either that or call my wife and have her come pick me up and then what do I do with my truck and figure that out. So anyway, fixed that up, replaced it, got back on the road. I decided to grab some food, get a little bit of work done. I had, had some work that I had planned on doing anyways um, prior to going off grid. So that's what I did. Went and grabbed some food, got some work done and then decided to just keep on driving. Uh, there wasn't, there's not a hotel to be had from Duluth to Canada. So I just figured I'd hit the road and find a way side stop and sleep in the truck, which is exactly what I did. Of course, I got pretty much all the way to Grand Marais, Minnesota, which is, that's a roughly, I think two hours from Duluth, hour 45, two hours. And, uh, so stopped at a wayside rest, slept in the truck for about six hours, got up, went into Grand Marais, got some coffee, again, sat down, did some more work, uh, drove out to the pier uh, where, you know, the weather was real nice. It was, there was a nice breeze coming through. So I sat out there for a little while, did some more editing, did some uh, more posting, and then, Went over to a place called My Sister's Place. It's actually a, it's a restaurant. It's a really cool spot. Sat down, did some more editing, did some more work. Um, I had to charge my devices. Uh, I had to charge batteries for cameras because I knew I was going to be recording this up here. And um, I wanted to really just video uh, log this whole trip. And so I brought a lot of weight with me. As soon as I got done with work, FaceTime my wife and, and my daughter. And they were just getting ready to go up to Brainerd and spend some time with her cousin for Labor Day weekend. And that was, I guess, the last time that I saw them anyways. Uh, I do have a Garmin InReach Mini 2, which is pretty cool. So I've been able to communicate with my wife through that. Um, throughout the course of this trip, which, you know, it's really nice to be able to send her messages, let her and Emma know that I'm okay, and, uh, you know, also just in case something happens back home that she can get a hold of me so I can hightail at home. And so far, everything's been pretty good. Uh, got on the water just a little bit later than I wanted to. Um, went in on entry point 62, which is Clearwater Lake, and was kind of in a hurry trying to hustle. Um, there was even a, I ran into a, a bear hunter that was just coming off the water and he seen a giant moose. He showed me pictures. It was so cool. I wish I could have seen that. Um, but he didn't have any luck with the bears. Um, then there was another couple that came in. 
and they were kind of surprised to see that I was going out when I did. Uh, and I, I went out at four o'clock. And my plan was to paddle all the way across a long Clearwater Lake and then portage over to West Pike. But because I had gotten out so late, I didn't think I'd be able to make it. So I was going to stop somewhere on Clearwater and camp for the night. And these gals were like, good luck. You know, she's like, you're going to have a really hard time finding a spot to camp on Clearwater at this point in the day. But she said, you know, I mean, she was nice about it and was just like, you know, be safe and hope you find a spot. And lo and behold, um, every campsite was occupied on Clearwater. So I had no choice but to portage over to West Pike. And I have to do a double portage because I have my canoe and two packs. I've got a Mr. Ranch pop-up 28. And I actually bought it for my wife, uh, but it's really nice because it's smaller, it's more compact. I have the Beartooth 80 and it's a giant pack. It's huge and it's just way more than, than I need for this sort of a deal, this sort of a thing. So, um, so I had that pack full. I had the portage pack full. I had a canoe. So it's a it's a pretty long portage. I can't remember exactly how far it is. You know, it's it's decent. I was hurting when I got to the end. I had the canoe and the pack on on the first trip across, and it felt so good to get that pack off get that canoe off my back um it's just I, I gotta get better about packing lighter but so far there's nothing that i have here that i haven't used uh with the exception of my pistol while well, in my fillet knife <laughs> uh, i have caught a couple fish but nothing too crazy so in any case got to the end of the portage it's like seven o'clock, sun sets at eight, you know, dark by 8.30. And so I'm just praying that there's a site available on this side. And luckily the first site was available. Um, I wanted to stay on the second site, but I could hear some people down there. I mean, you can hear voices travel across that water. So I could hear some voices down there, so I knew campsite two was occupied so I, I settled in here for the night um got camp set up by the time i ate dinner it was 9 30 uh i ate hung out in the in the uh in the hammock for i don't know 15 minutes um it was more like a half hour kind of fell asleep goes off for a second Got up, climbed into the tent. Uh, didn't even crawl into my sleeping bag because it was like 78 degrees still. And just knocked out instantly. Um, I slept pretty good. Just kind of how it is out here in the wilderness. I wake up a lot. Um, but for the most part, pretty good. My, uh, my air mattress that I brought um, has a hole in it small leak so it's slowly losing air 
Um, it still was keeping me up off the ground when I woke up in the morning, so it's a very slow leak, but uh, I think I'm gonna get rid of that thing. It, it's When you move around, it's like super squeaky. It makes a ton of noise, it's super annoying. Um, when I was up here with my buddy Tony last year, it was like every movement I made, I woke him up, you know, so it's, it's horrible if you're, if you're, um, camping with friends or something like that. Plus, now I've got two of them and the other one I have got holes in it and I patched those up and I don't know. I'm going to probably resort to a different sleeping pad, uh, from here on out, but slept pretty good woke up in the morning day two got up uh, got a dehydrated meal going um, it was just um, bananas and cream oatmeal um, which is pretty good it's I, I bought a bulk pack of it way back in my 2019 and then I um, I just uh, individually packaged them and I've been taking that stuff on trips for the last like what four years now I suppose so coffee breakfast um and then I just like immediately started doing projects uh I had the seat on my canoe uh it kind of I don't know what what it is it's like wicker and it was all dry rotted out and I'd put a hole in it and eventually just ended up ripping it all out and I've got one of those like aftermarket seats with a back on it, which are super nice. But the problem is, is it would sink into that hole in the bench seat. And it was, it wasn't very comfortable after a while. I'd start getting sore. So first thing I did is I took a bunch of my paracord and I made a, um, like a, I don't know what you would call it, like a web seat out of paracord. Uh, and it's so nice. It's just absolutely amazing. Now I've had the canoe out a couple times since then and it made all the difference. Used up a majority of my paracord. So I've been kind of, you know, scrambling, uh, in order to make the ridge line for this shelter. Um, luckily I had a bunch of paracord. Um, I had made a paracord handle for my hatchet. And so I had like 25 feet, which was perfect. Uh, so I pulled that handle off and was able to use that to make the, the ridge line um, for the shelter. But, so I did that, um, forgot my toothbrush. I brought my toiletry kit um, along with me and left it in my car, but I, my toothbrush was not in there. Got toothpaste, but no toothbrush. So I had to make a stick toothbrush that I've been using for the last couple of days, which it works, but it's not not the greatest. Doesn't get into the get into the crevices the way you want, and then you know it's nothing like getting a splinter in your gums that always feels really good too. So, uh, so yeah, made myself a little toothbrush. Um, also I usually bring like two Nalgene bottles with me, uh, just for, uh, water storage. And then I also like to have one that I can like mix ramen noodles in with or something like that. Um, cause once you kind of use it for that, it's hard to go back to water with it until you can get it home and wash it out good. 
So I usually bring two, but this time I didn't. And now I was kind of wishing that I had one um, because when I would uh, when I would make my coffee in the morning, then I would have to finish my coffee before making my breakfast. And I like to kind of have both at the same time. Uh, and then later on, it dawned on me, you idiot, you just got to make your breakfast first and then make your coffee and then you're good. Uh, I've done it thousands of times, so I don't know why my brain was malfunctioning in that moment. But nonetheless, I was still looking for things to do, so I decided I'm going to make myself a cup. So I found the perfect piece of wood, uh, cut it, kind of drilled a little hole in the front of it. I don't have it here to show you. It's in my tent, but uh, started a hole with my knife and then um, started a fire and then just put an ember in there and then just let it slowly kind of burn into the cup and burn its way down. And I got about halfway and then kind of had to um, stop because I wanted to go fishing and it's a constant, you have to pay constant attention to it because um, if you don't, the coals go out in the, inside the cup and then it, it no longer uh, pours a hole for you. So, uh, so put that down. Um, to light my fire, I use my ferro rod. Actually, I've got it right here. Um, my wife bought me this ferro rod. I can't remember if it was for Father's Day or for my birthday, but it works really nicely. Um, it's got a deer antler handle here. Um, and it, it didn't do very good, like withstanding the force that I was putting on it. So it actually came out. Um, and from what I understand, there's no amount of epoxy that can hold these things in. You have to actually pin it in. So I might do that. I might run a brass pin through there just to keep it in there. Cause it's, this handle is really nice. Um, and then it just has this little striker and just, I mean, just makes a pretty heavy duty spark. So, um, I have a lighter, but, uh, I wanted to try some things out. So I looked around, um, I found a dead Norway pine on the ground and I cut a branch off and you cut them really close to the trunk of the tree. Um, closer to the ground uh, that all of the tree sap like kind of settles in those little joints and so when you cut it you get this um, fat wood they call it or or pine pitch I could be wrong on the pine pitch thing but and it's um, just engorged with that sap and it's uh, very combustible and you can actually cut it off in big chunks and then you can scrape off some of that and you put it in with your tinder bundle and those sparks hit that thing and it lights up almost immediately. It, it took me probably 10 strikes to get it. Uh, I'm still pretty inexperienced with it, but man, it lit up and it started roaring. It went really good for a while. So um, that was pretty cool. I've done it before, but this is the, the quickest that I've ever been able to light a fire with a ferrule rod. And so I've done it like three times now. So I think I've got it down. I think my issues before was just I had, you know, my tinder was wet or I just didn't have something figured out correctly. Oh, there's a beep. 
think I'm getting a message from my, my wife. Um, I let her know about the storm was pretty wicked. She said, yikes, I was worried about you. I'm glad you're okay. So, yeah, um, these thunderstorms are supposed to continue to roll through, and right now it's pretty chill, but I guess we'll see. My tent held up pretty good. It's still pretty dry in there. I went and checked it out. Um, so what's next? Okay, so we're starting to get later in the day. I thought I should go do some fishing. Um, I had read about a spot where maybe there's some walleyes, so I went over. Wow, mosquitoes, man. Oh, they get you good. Uh, so I went to some fishing uh, over to that spot, caught some smallmouth, two of them. Actually, no, I'm sorry, I caught one. I had one actually chase my um, line up to the boat, and then I had another one grab, but I, I didn't set the hook right, so... Um, assuming those were all smallmouth, not 100% sure, but, um, so yeah, that was that, had a little bit of fun there, paddled back to camp, um, what did I do? I don't think what I did. came back I think and just kind of cleaned up just kind of bummed around um, you know put stuff away I had a lot of stuff laying out so I put stuff away and just kind of prepped everything for the next morning um, again just kind of winging it so I, I didn't really have any particular plan uh, yeah so um, I decided last night that I was going to sleep in my hammock because there was a nice breeze coming through and uh, so I just brought my sleeping bag out and I just slept in the hammock last night and surprisingly comfortable uh, I've actually never I mean I've slept in one before but just like napped them during the day I've never actually slept in a hammock overnight and so it was it was pretty nice. I mean, aside from the pine needles occasionally falling and hitting me in the face, or the occasional bug scurrying across your arm or whatever, uh, but other than that, it was very comfortable. I slept for almost like ten hours, so that was good. Really nice and refreshing to wake up and you know, first things first. Made myself coffee, made myself breakfast, and then. <clears throat> sitting down by the water kind of just looking at onyx maps and there's a lake to the south of me called gogabik yeah so i was getting everything packed up i wanted to go check that out and then there was like a it's like a 2.8 mile hike um, up to a, a vista that i can see here from my campsite and i thought well you know maybe i'll go do that so packed up all my gear uh, I knew there was a storm coming today, so I packed everything up that I could think of just in case I got stuck out there. Just before I left, I was kind of starting to feel not so good. I was like a little bit dizzy and, 
yeah, I mean, just, and my stomach was feeling kind of funny. And I was like, man, I really hope that I didn't get Giardia. Uh, I have water filtration system. It's new to me. And I started kind of thinking about the possibility of somehow uh, contaminating my drinking water using that unit. And I did do one meal where I just took water straight from the lake. Uh, and But I boiled it for quite some time. Um, the water up here is so clean and so clear. It's like, I just want to drink it right out of the lake, but that would be foolish. So anyway, I boiled it, but I thought maybe I didn't boil it long enough or who knows. And uh, I don't know, once I got to the other side of the lake, and kind of started my hike, I started feeling a little bit better. I was drinking a ton of water as much as I possibly could and try to stay hydrated. And I think that's ultimately what it was. Is I was just feeling dehydrated, just getting dehydrated. Yeah, started the hike. It's like a 150 foot climb. Uh, I guess about 200, but when I checked on X, it's about 150 or 160 foot climb to get to the lake. Um, so it's really kind of cool. It's just like way up there. And uh, just a small little lake. There's two campsites out there. And I thought about just putting up a spike camp uh, out there today. But then I, I just, I really got nervous about the weather coming through. I just felt like it was just a bad idea to try to test nature in that way. You know, I, I figured if I could get back to camp in time, I could throw up a, you know, somewhat primitive shelter here. And if something were to go haywire, at least I have my tent that I can climb into and my sleeping bag and my pad and everything to keep me warm. So I decided to not um, stay up there, but hiked all the way to the top of the vista. Um, the view was not spectacular. Uh, there's still a lot of trees, couldn't see super far. There's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke that's come through uh, from the Canadian wildfires, which I, I I don't I can't believe there's any of Canada left. It seems like fires have been burning all summer nonstop up here. The air quality's been horrible, and I I won't even get into the conspiracy theories that go through my head about that whole situation. But in any case, hung out up there for a half hour. Uh, I actually had service when I was up there. My phone started buzzing when I got up there, so. I uh, called my wife and I talked to her on the phone and Emma was asleep so I didn't wasn't able to talk to her but yeah had a snack turned around and then started hightailing it back I was I was cutting it pretty close to the storm and so I cruised out of there um, took a dip into Gogabic quick I was like overheating and so I stripped down to my skivvies and I was gonna jump in the lake, but it's not very uh, deep. It's pretty shallow, quite a ways out and it's all rocky. So it's really hard to walk on, really hard to get out there. So I just got out as far as I could to dip in enough. And that was just amazing, super refreshing. And uh, yeah, so Got out of there, hiked the rest of the way back down to West Pike Lake where I'm at now. Uh, put the canoe back in the water and you can see the, the thunderhead coming in from the, uh, from the southwest. And 
I got some pretty cool shots of that coming in from behind. And so I just hightailed it back over here to, to my campsite. When I got closer, I was like, I got a little bit of time. So I dropped a line in the water for about 20 minutes. Um, didn't catch anything. Came up and just real quick threw up this tarp. Uh, and just kind of got everything set up and ready for the storm. And man, that was wild. It was like no storm that I have ever uh, been through in the wilderness. There's, um, you know, there's been times where I've rode out thunderstorms and ground blinds when I'm hunting or, uh, you know, there was, there was one night my wife and I slept in the tent at a campground and we had a pretty good thunderstorm come through. Um, but you know, always with the luxury of being able to get to a vehicle quickly if you have to. And so like out here, it's just, I'm, there's no way I, I'm, this is where I'm at. I'm not going anywhere. I'm stuck. And so just that, when that thought process kind of sinks in, it's like a little scary, but at the same time, there's something about it too that was just like energizing you know uh and so thankfully this shelter is is just it's just perfect for this i mean it's been raining for you know gosh i don't know what time is it it's 8 34 now it started at six o'clock um got really bad at 6 30 i mean the thunder claps there was that lightning was close um just sends you know shivers up your spine the rain was coming down hard too i was a little worried about my tent but it, it held up pretty good my hammock was looked like a sail in the wind it was funny um yeah so that all brings us to i guess this moment and uh yeah it's just a just a cool experience being up here and every time I come out here or I'm in the mountains or I'm in the backcountry somewhere it, it changes you changes me you know and and always for the better uh, but you're able to just think about things that you can't think about on the, in the day-to-day -day, you know and um, just kind of sitting here um, in your thoughts and and really just analyzing and so the plan for the next day i guess is just going to be sitting in the shelter until the rain clears uh that might not be till today is tuesday that may not be till thursday morning and so i might be stuck in here all day tomorrow but you know i got books to read i got journals to write in i got Thoughts to record, you name it. I'll find ways to keep myself occupied. So I think that brings us to the end of this episode. And uh, make sure, once again, that you head over to the Vapor Trail YouTube channel uh, and subscribe. Give this video a like and click the bell so that you can get notified about all things archery and backcountry. And with that, I am going to pack up all of my gear here 
and uh, put it into my tent and leave the range BWCA studio. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks. Vapor Trail is now offering an exclusive discount to the Range Podcast listeners. Enter promo code TRP15, that's TRP15, at checkout for 15% off VTX bowstrings and Vapor Trail and Stoke Rise branded t shirts, hats, and other gear. Nice shot. Oh, what in the hell went flying? I think he cut the two at the bottom. Oh, man. Stinking moth. Seems like driving me nuts. Try to find a way to get him out of here. Just wait for him to stop and I'll grab him. Chill out, bro. Where'd you go? There he is. There are freaking thousands of these mods everywhere. Like they, he's in my boot. Got my boot. Cut some of this. <laughs> oh, there he is. Oh man, it like pissed on me or something. Weird. That's crazy. I've never had a moth do that before. All right. Well, then. That was interesting. So we're still recording. And uh, so that's good. That I'm not just talking to an electronic device that is uh, doing nothing. So, yeah, I might cut this part out, but...